really yummy, by the way. Oh, good. Is it peanut butter? Yeah, it's peanut butter, but peanut butter, but it's also almond, which just oh. sounds like a weird combo, but it's really nice. Um, okay, so we're on episode six of Eat With Amy, and I am Amy, as everyone knows, and today... I've got with me a very special guest, another food <laughs> business owner, um, and another woman as well. I'm gonna let her introduce herself. Yay. Um, <laughs> hey, so I'm Lauren. I'm the founder of Oatsu Overnight Oats. Um, we help people get the most out of their morning with our plant-based, gut-friendly overnight oat breakfast pots that I hand make myself and ship out across the UK. Um, and yeah, I just started making overnight oats when I was in my old job and I struggled to find any filling, affordable, delicious plant-based breakfast on the shelves of the supermarket around near where I work. So I would just bring in breakfast and I thought we really need like more options that yeah. we can just like pick up as a breakfast on the go yeah. kind of products. That's where it started. I love it. I love how you know, it's like your media train. <laughs> I've got it all down. I know exactly what I'm going to say. When someone asks me about my brand, I'm like, um... Yeah. I make cakes. I know, I know. It's so hard. It's so hard. But when you've done it a few times, it gets easier. Yeah, it gets easier. It gets easier. Um, so, yeah, today we're going to be talking about being a female boss, I guess, and just like mm. running your own food business, running your own business full stop. I know that you've got quite an interesting story because you quit your big job in order to do yeah. this, which is more than I had to do. I just didn't have a job, so I kind of didn't have a choice to just get on with it and make some money. But yours was yours was a much more like thought out decision. Well, I'm putting words in your mouth. Yeah, but, we'll see. It actually yeah. wasn't that thought out, but well, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to we'll it. We'll come to it, we'll come to it. Um, so yeah, uh, I did, just to, just to clarify that I haven't cooked for Lauren because it is an odd time, it's like 4.30. But I did offer her a Bakewell Blondie and she did say it was delicious. It was delicious. It was really, really yummy. Good. Really, really good. Combination, peanut butter and almond, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I need to start baking. I think I'm going to start offering people more baked goods because at the moment my, my cooking has gone so downhill. Really? Yeah. I've, the last like three or four people I've had on here have all just been like, Cutthroat cut with the ratings on my on my savoury food. Oh no, I'm sure it's good. I know that's life. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, we're going to talk about being females in the business owning industry. So we'll talk about. Let's start with you. Obviously, we'll talk a bit about you. And your background, what you did before Oatsu. Yeah, so before Oatsu, it feels like that was like a defining moment of my life. Like yeah. I went pre-Oatsu pre, pre, and yeah, post-Oatsu. <laughs> yeah, but um, oh, so I guess from the beginning, I um, studied geography at uni, didn't know what I wanted to do. How old are you? You're 20, me, 29. Yeah, 29. How about you? Yeah, 27. Oh, okay, yeah. not too far. Um, but yeah, like ended up just following the same path as a lot of people at mm. um, LSE where I went and applied to loads of grad schemes got onto one in finance even though wasn't super interested in it but I always find this so weird because like I went to uni as well and yeah so a lot of people I went to uni with um ended up doing this grad scheme thing but like it's got nothing to do with their degree I know how do you I get sucked into that it's it is quite bizarre my parents had worked in finance and I think I subconsciously ended oh, up like fine. kind of maybe being influenced by it and yeah. thinking that was the way to go even yeah. though throughout school my interests weren't actually aligned with that and now I look back I know it wasn't my interest but mm. I had done internships like in my first year in mm. my second year summer yeah, 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 and I just ended up applying again to loads of different things and just mm. happened to um, get into that and so one kind of led on to the other then that led on mm. to the other but in the grad scheme I chose I just wanted to choose one that was like 
not super finance related, but it was in that industry. So I chose one that was like really broad and um, included marketing and business and um, had the potential to go abroad as well. Oh, so it good. was really great. So yeah. it was able to spend like nine months in Hong Kong, which oh, is actually nice. where I started the whole plant-based um, eating journey. I didn't know that. Yeah, so... I feel like we would have probably spoken about this before as well. Yeah, um, it, yeah. I guess I, I just went there. Um, even though there's so much food and meat yeah. out there, you wouldn't think it was so where... It's a place to start. It is. Um, but there was a woman out there who was a yoga teacher and I started to get more into okay. yoga there. Nice. And um, she was just really inspiring and she set up a like group of expats who would go to all these different vegan restaurants together and she said like let's do a vegan challenge for a month and I just yeah felt way better and felt more energetic and I just kind of continued on with it and I started making actually overnight oats then and I brought them into my office and would eat them at my desk um, and that would and, and made lunch and that allowed me to go to the gym at lunch and in Hong Kong people take an hour 45 minutes for lunch oh, nice. which is insane so it which was, is ideal yeah you need it yeah. um, I think <laughs> um, yeah. so anyway that's just how yeah ended up getting more healthy somehow in yeah. Hong Kong um, and then yeah came back to the UK and then just like kept making overnight oats basically mm. and brought them into brought them into work yeah are you um are you still vegan I am 98% vegan yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same I'm not vegan anymore probably yeah. anyway I I'm going to be doing a podcast episode on it oh, cool. when I come around to it but yeah. it didn't serve me but I do believe in a plant-based life yeah same now. same yeah. me too 100% because I have moved home um, to start the business and save on rent yeah. it's a bit harder because my mum makes some food and like she's from Japan and there's sometimes like eggs or whatever in it yeah, and so yeah, yeah. when well, I was on my own I was but mm. it, yeah now kind of for the most part yeah, but yeah easier. I agree so you said your mum's from yeah talk a bit about that because so just to tell everybody as well I've actually known Lauren for quite a long time I've known you for I've known yeah. you for ages, oh my I? god like, probably, what, how long <laughs> I know you like 12, 12. <laughs> <laughs> how funny um, yeah from summer camp <laughs> yeah we went to camp together which is sounds so sad that's oh. such a long time ago anyway so yeah we went to camp together and then Obviously, we lost touch between, yeah. between times, but then I, I interviewed Lauren for my for my master's degree, which I did oh, yeah. in the anthropology of food, and we spoke a bit. I was this is a bit of a long winded story, but I'll just say it anyway. Um, my thesis was basically on um, mixed race kids and mm. how they. Um, Eight. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like how they. I don't know why I'm asking you. It's my. It's my thesis. And <laughs> um, how they approach food and whether you know food. How how influ how influenced they were by the food in their lives. Mm. You know that sort of thing. And Lauren, whose mum is from Japan and her dad is. Yeah, from the UK, but Irish background. Irish, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she helped me out on that. But yeah, talk a bit about your food growing up and how how your background influenced you and stuff. Yeah. So. I, I basically just grew up with a lot of um, Japanese food and still do now because I've moved back home and um, have gone over to Japan quite a few times, ended up eating really bizarre food, including horse sushi last time Ooh. I went, which I really didn't want. And I, that was when I was doing my vegan challenge as well. And I was meeting up with my mum in Japan because I was in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, uh, anyway, I met up with her. Was it raw? Yeah, oh, no. I really and I didn't really didn't want it, but I I had I had arrived late to this place, and this guy had been talking to her about how amazing this like local dish is, and she felt rude not to order it for us, and so she ordered it, <laughs> and then but she actually doesn't eat meat, which is funny. So she ordered know. some fish dish and then ordered it for me to be polite, thinking oh you, you're not, you're not really vegan, you'll have it, and just yeah. oh my god, I ended up having like a tiny bit um, doused in soy sauce, so it didn't didn't, yeah, didn't taste like much, it. but anyway. Yeah. It's not really my cup of tea at all. Um, <laughs> um, 
But yeah, other than that, at home, it's been more kind of classic Japanese um, food, lots of vegetables, just all different stuff. Um, and then, yeah, my dad cooked like once in a while on a Saturday, but my mum would not be so happy because he'd do it once a week, but then make the kitchen a complete mess. Mm. Um, but yeah, just always, always really loved food. And when I was in my grad scheme in finance, I really thought I want to, I really want to work in a food startup, but I just didn't know anyone in that area. And when I was thinking about leaving my job, I was looking out for startup roles mm. in marketing um, because I had focused on marketing in the grad scheme and was managing social media in my last role for HSBC and thought, oh, I can use that in another role. But then there wasn't any roles at the time that I could go into. And I thought it would be a good opportunity mm. to get, um, you know, get a grounding in a startup and join another team first before starting my own business. But because I couldn't find a role, it just prompted me to start my own business earlier than I would have necessarily liked. But yeah. I'm kind of glad I did that because mm. it just threw me into entrepreneurship a bit unexpectedly. Mm. Yeah. So how long were you at your job for? So I was on a rotational grad scheme for three years, wow. three or four years. It was really long. Each yeah. rotation was like nine months and there was like five of them or something. That's a lot. So it was a lot. But it was good because every role you went into was like a new role yeah. every nine months. And yeah. I just loved the, I loved the rotational aspect and the variety. Um, and yeah, so, but in total, it was four, four and a half years that I was in finance. But basically I finished the grad scheme. Was, oh, so you did all the, you did all the rotations? Yeah, did all of them. And then, um, yeah, was going to be hired into the social media team, mm. but certain things happened and like my manager ended up leaving who wanted to hire me and then then suddenly there wasn't actually a full-time role in that particular team mm. and um it was in like leafy surrey in the middle of nowhere anyway so i didn't and everyone's a bit older like family vibes so i didn't mm. really know if i wanted to stay in surrey and then an opportunity came about in in hsbc and canary wharf and it was like kind of more like i said glitzy glam like <laughs> city center like it yeah. just felt a bit more exciting mm. um it was on the 40th floor and insane views across the london so it felt like wow this is really cool but that role actually was probably the most um yeah <laughs> I was gonna say shambolic but like it just wasn't really there wasn't much structure mm. the manager herself was on like leave anyway I guess I was brought in given more responsibility but I was basically like single-handedly managing the mm. social media presence mm. of HSBC which has like a million followers on LinkedIn and there were insane amount of tweets just coming in left right and center about mm. all sorts of like stuff and it was really stressful and I couldn't mm. really switch off and also just didn't feel the culture was that supportive and I think they wanted me to take on so much but maybe because I'd just been in rotational roles before mm. I actually didn't have loads of experience mm. doing that mm. so maybe it was a, maybe I was a bit premature in the role and wasn't happy in the role didn't feel like I was getting any support and it was just quite a stressful time so um, when it got to the end of my sixth month you're on like a first six month probation mm. just thought this isn't really like working out I need to do something else and considered going into maybe maybe another role in finance but I didn't want to do that as I mentioned looked at food startup roles but couldn't really find anything and I had this idea about making overnight oats because I was bringing them into work as I mentioned and I just thought okay I started preparing before as it approached that six month point in the last couple of months of it I just started preparing a plan and thought okay when it comes to the six months and I leave, I'm just gonna try and start a business and see how it goes. And then if it doesn't work out, then after a year, I can always go back into a similar role. Yeah, you don't lose the experience you've had. No, no, no. Um, which is what I always say anyway. Yeah, like, and if I even ever wanted to go into maybe a food startup role in the future, if I, if I did wanna leave this, which I don't, I've actually had experience now yeah. managing a business, so that's always beneficial. Exactly. So that's kind of 
how it, how it started and it was Before all very you sudden decided to do um Otsu, why so I, I i know you said you didn't want to work in um you didn't want to look for another job in finance mm. so yeah why didn't you look for a role like a social media in something else for example like, i don't know example a food you could have done food a food on the food company yeah yeah so that's what i thought i yeah. thought i'll do social media or marketing in, in, a, food in, in, a, in a food startup that was the ideal fine. role i think i applied for a role in all plants because um, oh, really? i was really inspired by um like jp and the other founder story didn't get that oh, <laughs> sadly but boom. it's cool it's all good yeah still love you um but like i i think i was a bit like traumatized as, as well from the level of um the just the barrage of tweets I was getting and like I ended up missing a Facebook comment on one of the Facebook posts we had done but it was just so hard to keep on top of every mm. comment coming in for every post mm. and um yeah that kind of ended up being thing but it was just it was just a lot and maybe a role in food in the food startup world in social media would have been yeah better than that but mm. I think I just thought I don't even know if yeah, I want to manage social yeah, media anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I thought I'll take a break, yeah. do do the business, mm. and then maybe in the future I'll go into another role. Yeah. So when you decided to do the, had you moved home yet? I and I anticipated it, and I moved home like a month before I left right. my job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just had moved home because I knew I wouldn't be able to keep renting. Yeah. I was renting like a really expensive studio near Canary Wharf. And yeah. It's well, not going to be sustainable. So expensive. Wasn't yeah. It? Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. Um. So you started making your overnight oats. Yeah. And how did you come up with the brand name and um, the rest of it? My yeah. so I the, the brand name actually I was stuck for a brand name for ages and I first called it Crunch Time Oats. Okay. Which I'd seen somewhere, I don't even know where, but I just thought, okay, cool, it's about like saving time. Yeah. You're crunch for time. Okay, cool, I'll just call it that. But it was quite long and every time I said it at a market or something, people would get it confused. They thought it was like crunchy Crunchy or like crunch oats. Um, so it was a bit too long and then I was asking my friends one night and then uh, when we were out somewhere and then one of my friends just said why don't you just call it oats in Japanese like find out what oats is in Japanese and we googled it and it was like otsu like just otsu and I thought mm, maybe but like it was gonna, it was going to sound like otsu and mm. then that wouldn't have really made sense so yeah, I just thought mm, okay I'll just call it like otsu and I guess it's like a nod to my heritage as yeah. well so that's how it came about and then I worked with a um, graphic designer on the like brand and how it looked and that was yeah they were recommended to me by someone but I think that's a really big it, it, it was a, it was one of the first things I invested in but I think it's quite an important thing to get right at the beginning yeah you obviously want it to look like 100%. presentable and look really great and now I'm going on that journey again where I have thought about hiring an agency are you rebranding yeah oh not not the name not the name no, but like the, the, yeah the look the, and feel yeah. um because I feel like it looks I think my, I'm really happy with my branding now but it could look more foody and it right. could have more cues to the flavors and make right. it look more like yummy and delicious if it was on the shelf so yeah gonna bring in some more like food cues and like flavor um, mm. colors and everything so yeah. fortunately have found someone who is like ex-agency mm. who's looking to build up their portfolio oh, and do that but i've been it. thinking about should i invest like a, like 10 grand in an agency for example mm. um and it was something i was really thinking about but it's so much money it's a lot of money it's, it's a insane. lot of money but then you're right you're right what you say about branding because i'd say for me yeah when i started eat first of all eat by amy I didn't actually mean to be so like self-absorbed and have my actual name in the brand name. Uh. Like it just got because when I, I, as a lot of people know, with my business, I started doing the meal prep first, yeah. right? So it was meant to be like 
savory food so mm. eat by Amy kind of just I don't know I was just trying to you know you just do something quickly and you're yeah. like I just need to do this quickly and get it I'm a really impatient person yeah. so I don't really think that much about yeah. what this might be in the future if this ends up being something bigger I'm just like yeah eat by Amy that works I've got like you know short rings of mm. rolls off the tongue whatever and I did like the whole thing myself like the design of it yeah wow yeah the, yeah, the design That's of amazing. it amazing um this I did this one too, but this is the first one. It was just slightly different to this. Oh. It was like writing, and like I had a little green knife and fork in okay. next to it. Did you learn how to use like Illustrator? No, stuff? I just did it on Canva. Do you oh, not okay. know about Canva? Yeah, yeah, I know about it. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that Canva. technical. Yeah, of course, <laughs> Canva is the. That's my biggest tip for anyone wanting to start a new business. Yeah. Canva is like gold. Honestly, it's so good. Anyway, um, so like. I designed this logo and obviously I just did it really quickly. I didn't really think that much about it. It was meant to be for meal prep. So then when it changed to a bakery, suddenly the branding just didn't, it just didn't work. And again, even though I knew that this was now going to be something I was going to be a bit more serious about, I just wanted to very quickly just get everything done. So Mm. I rebranded it myself. Again, I just designed, designed the logo on um, Canva. But now in retrospect, I do kind of wish I'd maybe taken a little bit more time and maybe not, I wouldn't have invested that much money, mm. but, um, you know, had someone who was, that was their job, a graphic designer or whatever, to be able to help me really demonstrate what my brand is visually, because I'm not, I don't yeah. know how to do that. I know, I know. It's hard. And, like, the designer I worked with brought it to life to an extent like we did all the labels in all the different flavors yeah which was great and i did a logo that i could use on social media but now i want to take it further by having like templates for social media yeah. and all these other touch points yeah 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 that i kind of didn't do but mm. yeah it, it, it would be great to work with someone who is super skilled in that um mm. and yeah i'm excited to work with the next person the next person i'll make it a much broader exercise mm. yeah um so you were saying that you're kind of it so you're influenced you you've obviously taken the name from the japanese yeah. things, and you am i right in thinking that you use japanese ingredients um yeah although i'm moving to make it just more like breakfast occasion focused oh, okay because as i move into retail which is hopefully the plan later this <laughs> fingers year crossed. fingers crossed um I want it to be like as appealing to like the mass market as possible. Mm. So kind of just making it more like breakfast and like fruity and just things that you'd expect to eat at yeah. breakfast. At the moment, I've got quite a lot of indulgent flavors. So banana biscoff is our best selling overnight oat pot, which is really delicious. Mm. Um, and I actually brought um, a cup for you, which I'll give to you later. But like, yeah, so some are more indulgent, but I think I want to kind of, yeah, as I said, make it kind of more like start your day. I want it to be healthy and like really yeah. good for you. So yeah, moving a bit away from kind of the more niche ingredients. Oh, okay. You're not going to keep any? That are going to be more like, you know, niche Um, It's a tough one. I am, I'm actually speaking to my manufacturer at the moment. Uh, and I think when you work with a manufacturer, there are like certain limits on like what you can do and what ingredients he has. Yeah. And it's going to be the more... The obvious stuff. Yeah, the more normal, like, obvious fruity stuff. Mm. But something that I have included up until now is amazake, which is a Japanese probiotic-rich cultured grain um, that I discovered when I went to Japan. And they they mix, it's like a paste with hot water. They drink it as a hot drink in festivals. Oh, wow. Um, But you can use it in cooking as well. And it's got, like, loads of gut-friendly bacteria in it. And it's just, like, it's just really yummy. Um, And adds kind of that gut health boost to our products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, it, it's all kind of about to change. It's like all the cultural yeah, changes at the moment. Caught you, at, caught you at the wrong time, really. All the, all the good, or a good time. I don't know. An exciting time. I'll probably yeah, listen back to time. this maybe hopefully in a year. And it will yeah, be, it'll it will be different. Be different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that kind of leads me to the next thing. Like, where are you at now? With the, like, what, what's so? Who do you? Who do you? How do people get hold of your products? Where are you stock? That sort of thing. So at the moment, they are um, our overnight oats are available from our online store. So that's oatsu.co.uk. And as I mentioned, I make them all myself and I ship them out by courier across the UK. And um, we're stopped in a coffee shop and a couple of co-working spaces and that should hopefully increase as things open are opening up again now. Yeah. Um, but mainly it's a direct-to-consumer mm-hmm. business. Um, but I would love to get stocked in stores like Whole Foods and Planet Organic. And then down the line, places like Ocado, Waitrose, <laughs> the big ones. everyone. <laughs> I know for me, when... I decided to make Eat by Amy my main thing. There was this period of time where I kind of felt a bit like there's this overwhelming sense of just like fear. Mm. <laughs> or you're like, oh my goodness, what like Yeah. How, how am I possibly gonna do this by yeah. all by myself? I've got no like, you know, big infrastructure of a company to fall back on yeah. and like pay me when I'm not doing my job properly or whatever, you know, like I know. that sort of thing. Did you ever feel like for you, like, was there ever a period of time where you just felt, what, did you have that fear? Like, when you left your job, what was, what was the setup when you left your job? Did you yeah. go straight in, were you like, okay, now I'm just going to start this thing and let's go, let's go? Or was there more of a like? No, it was like, literally, let's go, let's go. So like, the, probably the, the day after I left, I put up a, <laughs> I put up a story, like, so, okay, so I'll start from, I went on a course while I was still at HSBC in the evenings and it was run by Enterprise Nation and it was for under 30s who had a business idea who wanted to make it a reality. Mm. So I'd go in and I actually, it was it was quite sad because I really looked forward to that, that, <laughs> that one evening a week because everyone was so nice and like similar age and mm. everyone was just so interested in what everyone else was doing and it was just so motivational and it was just such a contrast to my job and I just loved it and I asked if I could bring in samples to that at the end and I did and everyone really liked them and that kind of made me think okay this could really be a thing and we kept meeting up on the same evening every week in a cafe and Mm. they wanted to buy the overnight oats for breakfast the next day so they became my first customers then I started selling to um, I started selling to people through Instagram because I had started posting on Instagram because in that mm. course they made us launch our, our business account right. and that was quite scary. I don't yeah. know if you had like a scary moment before you launched your business one as well, but mm. at first it's quite daunting. Yeah, the thing with me because I kind of well, our, this is kind of where our stories differ a bit. I think because for me, I had Eat by Eat before Eat by Amy was Eat by Amy. I had the set. I had a business account for Eat by Eat oh. by Amy, which was called the Hungry Anthropologist. I don't really know. Okay. I kind of set it, I set it up whilst I was doing my masters mm. anthropology. Hence, Hungry Anthropologist, mm. um, because I knew that I wanted to do something. Yeah. I didn't know what the something was going to be. I didn't know what that account was going to be. So initially, when I first set up the account, I was posting like. Um, travel photos and food photos mm. but it was more like travel inspired I just and I wasn't really sure where I was going with it and then eventually when I ended up starting to do the meal prep alongside doing the masters that's when I it sort of transitioned into a proper like this is my business account so I didn't mm. have that oh my god what's going on here I just it sort of just very slowly happened so I was like posting a few travel photos and also posting meal prep and then yeah. it just like ended up seamlessly moving into did you start doing the meal prep business during your masters yeah so i am 
someone who needs to be over busy i i don't like any i don't like having any free time to be honest with you yeah like even if i that includes obviously seeing people so like i count you know my personal life as also being busy yeah but i like to be like overwhelmed with work yeah yeah so i was doing the masters which was a full-time masters but it just it wasn't enough for Mm. me i needed more I needed all my I needed all my time to be like used up because I, I was used before the masters I was used to being in a nine to five because I was working at Waitrose Food Magazine, and as much as I probably wasn't that busy there, but I had like structure to my mm. day where I was like I needed to be in the office from like nine till five thirty or whatever it was. So with the masters, it was very much like you know what uni's like. It's the same as any uni. Contact time is like two hours a week. Nothing. So like, what am I yeah. going to do for the rest of the week? Yeah. And like I was getting my work done and stuff. But I just didn't feel fulfilled in terms of like actually doing things. So I started doing them. I, I actually had a job as well. I was freelance, doing freelance um, food PR. Oh, really? Which I hated. I absolutely would not recommend PR to anybody. Why not? It was awful. I just not, I'm just not a PR girl. I don't know if you've ever come across PR people, but they're just, there's a certain type of, they're a certain type of person. They're very chatty. I am chatty, but like, it's just is it a bit fake it's, yeah it's very fake I can't yeah. lie it's very fake I can't do it I'm not really like that and I just especially because I'd been on the other end like I'd been the journalist that would have the PR people coming to me being like come to this thing and all of a sudden the tables had turned and yeah. I just didn't like it I just felt I obviously had a sense of self-entitlement that I couldn't get over <laughs> was it like a part-time job during your master's yeah it was like a freelance I was coming oh, yeah. to doing it freelance it was like a certain amount of hours a week I had mm. to do and I just didn't do a very good job and it was really stressful it caused me so much stress because I just yeah, wasn't good at it and I'm, I need to be good at what I'm doing. I just, just didn't like it. So anyway, I was doing that and also starting the meal prep stuff. So it was a lot going on. So yeah, I just kind of, the Instagram slowly seamlessly moved into being meal prep stuff. And then, yeah, that was it really. Did you think you were going to take the meal prep thing further and it to become your full-time job after No process? way. No way. So for me, I had like, it was kind of all really weird timing. So I was doing the meal prep stuff alongside the masters and then obviously the masters finished this was like 2019 end of 20 towards the end of 2019 i think mm. it was like september 2019 and um <clears throat> i thought to myself at, simultaneously to the masters finishing i also decided to quit the freelance job because i was like this it was causing me so much aggro i also had a lot of personal stuff going on mm. that year and i'd moved out as well I, like there was so much going on at the same time that i was just completely overwhelmed by the yeah. amount of stuff i had to do and like emotionally as well like how much emotional mm. things I needed to sort out so I just said to myself after I finished the master I was like do you know what I'm just gonna give myself a month of absolutely nothing mm. and just not do anything so no job no masters no meal prep nothing like I literally stopped every, like cut everything off at the same time and like I said I don't actually like doing that so I don't know why I thought that would be really good for me but it just made everything worse like the emotional yeah, side of stuff yeah, I just yeah, felt I awful so you got time to think and ponder and I mean, feel your emotions literally I was like sitting in this flat I sorry I'd, I'd, I was renting a flat in Crouch End which was so expensive as you yeah, can probably can imagine, imagine. <laughs> and it was literally a room it was like one room and like a little another little room for my bed it was just like not like, it was not a big space yeah. I was like, sitting in these walls just thinking to myself being so sorry for myself like what am I yeah. going to do with my life I didn't know what I was going to do or anything yeah. and I've always wanted to be a writer and like I was that's what I was doing beforehand I was writing for Waitress Food Magazine but journalism, I don't know if you know much about journalism, but it's like notoriously difficult mm. to get in and out of. It's just very not out, get in, in get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, even though I'd already been in it, it just, 
Did you want to be a, write, a journalist for a publication or like, like Well, this is the thing. I was like, well, maybe I can be a freelancer. I just don't, I don't have it in me to do that. It's too much rejection. Yeah, I was like is. sending pitches out all the time to people just to say no. Mm. And like, I just, my feelings were just getting hurt yeah. so badly. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. So after, after a few months, like it wasn't a few months, after like a month and a half of just doing nothing and me just head going round and round and round and round, I, the pit, the, the meal prep, I decided to pick it up again because mm. I was like, you know, what's the point of me sitting here wallowing in my own self-pity when I could at least just be doing that? Like, it's not enough money, but at least it's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started doing that again and then the pandemic happened. Oh, I, no, tell a lie. I started doing that again. Then I got a job alongside that as part-time job in a cafe. Oh, really? Yeah. But like the chef side of it. Oh, like, really? I was in the kitchen. Yeah. That's it's, cool. It's cool, but I hated it. I hated oh. it. Because the woman that I worked with was awful. Like, actually awful. Really? And Did they require you... They didn't need you to have any chef experience? No, but the thing is, because I've been doing supper clubs... Oh, I must have missed that bit out. I was doing supper clubs as well. Yeah. So I obviously I knew how to work in a kitchen. Okay. And I'd, I'd done all my like food and... That was the other thing. I'd done my food and hygiene by then okay. as well. So I kind of knew what I was doing. Mm. Um, and like in wait at Waitrose, we have a test kitchen. It's not oh, the same okay. as a commercial kitchen, I know, but like I was familiar with how to how that sort of thing run. Um, so yeah, I did that, but the woman I worked under was just awful. She was just really, really awful. And eventually, whilst I was there, the pandemic happened. Oh. It was like first in, first out. So I was the last person. Yeah. So they hired, that, so I was the first person to go. So I was just left with nothing. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, this is so awful. I know, you know, you just feel like you have zero direction. Yeah, I know, I know. And you're just like, what, what is going on here? And then but you were doing the, you were doing the... I was doing the meal prep, but I yeah. wasn't like, you know, you just think, I couldn't, do you know what it was? That, that particular business model, I couldn't visualise how to upscale it. I didn't understand what, what I would have to do. And I just thought to myself, it's too complicated. It's way too complicated for me to make this my full-time thing like yes it works at the minute because I'm just cooking in my mum's kitchen yeah boxing it up myself delivering it myself I didn't it's quite a straightforward it's process very straightforward process people were ordering on Instagram I didn't have any e- e-commerce or anything like that so it was it wasn't it wasn't difficult to do but in my head I was like how am I gonna if I do make this my full-time thing like I need a kitchen. How am I going to make... I can't make all this food by myself, first of all. I need a kitchen. I need some sort of chilling equipment to deliver the stuff in. Mm. Like, there was just loads of these things. I was like, I had no idea how to get get around these massive barriers. Unless like, you, like, can't. froze it and then sent it out, like, frozen, yeah. like, all plants. Yeah. But, yeah, if it was chilled, it would be but quite even hard. That, like, how, how do I do that? Yeah. How do you freeze something? How do you freeze on a mass scale? I, I have no idea. Glass chiller or something. Yeah. Um, if it was chilled, you could have probably done it by courier, kind of similar to I do. Yeah. But then... It would have, yeah, it is a lot of logistics. It's just like, yeah, it's like for me, I like cooking. That's as far as my knowledge goes. Do you know what I mean? I don't have business acumen. I'm not really someone who understands like the ins and outs of how things work or how they should work and like the logistics basically. So, what made you pivot to cakes? I don't know, to be honest. I'm really not a baker. I'm really Really? not a baker at all. I mean, I am now, obviously. And now I'm a lot better at baking than I am at cooking, but naturally I'm not a natural baker I had to learn how to bake and I did it during lockdown mm, good time too yeah because everyone was baking so I was like yeah. I'm just going to join the join the masses and there's nothing else to do and I found it really like meditative mm. yeah to follow a recipe yeah and like because with cooking as much as that is also meditative I just don't really 
I don't follow recipes. I just like you know throw things in a pot and it's all done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's easy. Whereas with baking, it's a lot more science sciencey. Yeah. You have to follow the the rules. So I was doing that, and it was like I felt it was f- f- fulfilling. So then I started alongside the meal prep, offering people bakes, and then the bakes ended up being so much more popular. Mm. Like people were wanting the bakes. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. okay, let's yeah. just see how we go with this and then it just all, all just all of a sudden turned into okay now eBay is a bakery now so yeah that's amazing and upscaling a bakery so much easier so much easier yeah i guess you can like put them in the oven and split them up into different yeah brownies or cake slices and it's, margins are better probably. margin margins are so much better and also like you don't need i don't all i need are ovens and, and a fridge but yeah. even the fridge is not that not that desperate. I don't mm. and uh, delivering the stuff doesn't need to be refrigerated. Like it's just very easy, it is, it so is. much easier. And like you know, I want. I knew that I wanted to trade at markets. Mm. I've always wanted to do that. I wanted to. I've wanted to do street food for ages. Um, trading artisan like uh, as an artisan trader, so someone who doesn't need electricity. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. All I have to do is bring <laughs> the stuff with me. Like yeah. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to plug anything in or cook anything or you know have a million and one certifications all i need to do is bring the stuff with me it's very easy yeah. so that was kind of the that was probably the main reason i was like okay this is my this is my route into street food doing bakes and stuff like that it's amazing but yeah so that would be gone well, well on topic my, that was my, <laughs> little, my little interview um, yeah, it's interesting so yeah so what's what do you think are the hardest the hardest things you found about running a in running a business uh, there are so many things. Um, <laughs> I've got a <laughs> so list. Many, literally, I've got a list. Um, and I don't want to forget what, like, because there's just so many things. Um, what I'm what I'm finding hard now is finding a manufacturer. And that's a step that, like, you just don't know when you're leaving a job. Like, no one will talk to you about how you find these people that can make your product for you. Um, and they're not necessarily super easy to work with, easy to find. Their websites might not be. Yeah, they're they're normally so like budget. And, yeah, like, not what you exactly. Want like if, yeah. if they even have one at all. Yeah. So that's been tough, and it's taken a year to find someone. And I don't yet know if that's one hundred percent going to go through. But I'm fingers crossed that it will, because that will allow me to get into retail. So that's been hard. Um, and then I think just generally deciding on what direction to take it. So. Like, do I take the retail route or do I keep it smaller scale and keep it direct to consumer? When do I raise investment if I raise investment? Mm. Um, and like, do I want to go down the path of scaling a business that you eventually sell mm. for a big exit? Mm. Um, it's really hard to know. And I haven't necessarily felt that I'm able to afford to invest in like a one-to-one business coach, or, mm. but I have joined a couple of communities that have really helped. So. Mm. Um, one is called Real Work um, by a lady called Flair Emery who used to have a porridge business and oh. that's that's really great there are lots of women in all different industries and it's really supportive um, and I ended up setting up a community with my friend Jess who's the founder of Banana Scoops for food entrepreneurs and it's just a free community and we just meet up once a week on a Friday and just help each other with any issues we're having and oh, that's, that's been nice. very helpful um, and then aside from that I think not having anyone to like help and have and I know we were talking about that um but I also run my business solo and only now am I starting the hiring process yeah. through the government kickstart scheme mm. to get people on board to help so with jealous. some things but yeah you'll be that you'll be there really soon yeah I'm sure um and that will definitely help but it's also really scary and daunting because I don't know like also, so I don't know for people that don't know what the Kickstarter scheme is the Kickstarter scheme is a, it's a great initiative from the government where they basically pay 
the minimum wage to 16 to 25 year olds 24 yeah. 24 year olds who are on universal credit um, and looking for looking for work which is great like I think that's an amazing initiative but from the employee employer's perspective it's a bit like oh my god you're very young <laughs> you're very young like yeah I know for me, eventually, when eventually the government decides to accept me on this stupid scheme, <laughs> um, I know for me, I'm, I, I'm not going to accept anyone that's under the age of 20. I just think you're too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't have the capacity to train you no, that no. much. You know what I mean? And their experience is naturally going to be quite limited. Yeah, of course it is. So it's hard to know like you have to give them all your trust because mm-hmm. they're maybe speaking to customers on your behalf mm-hmm. or they might be reaching out to stores on your behalf maybe mm-hmm. and it is really hard and so i'll let you know how it goes yeah. in a few months time i will have probably like inducted them someone, and yeah. seen how it goes <laughs> very scary um but like one other thing i'd say is like finance wise um like not so firstly managing your finances <laughs> is really hard um, i know it's hard for oh, it's yeah so for hard. you as well you mentioned it's like yeah, I naturally don't think in that way. Even though I worked in finance, but I was never doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always look at my numbers, and so I don't necessarily know like how well I'm doing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so the same. Um, I'm so the same. And it's really bad. Um, and if I do raise investment in the future, I'll really need to know yeah. like what yeah what my margins are. And especially as I'm speaking now to manufacturer, I am having to do those calculations so that I know what mm. position I'm in. But also finance wise, like. Um, on a personal finance level, I didn't realise how much of a change it would be from going from a well-paid job and having a regular income and getting used to it and like mm. being able to travel and <laughs> rent a flat and yeah, just like all those luxuries. Yeah, and it's it's like it's like another world to me now. Like I'm like we couldn't travel over the last year anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a good time to start. Yeah, business, to be fair. But um, it, 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 I'll like warn anyone who's going to start a business that it is a. Uh, a very stark change in lifestyle 100%. and you have to live very frugally mm-hmm. for god knows how many years it's going to be mm-hmm. and this there are so many times that i go back and forth thinking like do i really want like do this I life? Want to live like this yeah no, yeah 100 it is so hard isn't it have you paid yourself yet no no yeah. i'm thinking about it though um I, I i maybe can but at the moment i'm setting like just putting it all back into the business yeah and um i really want to make my first paid hire so mm. outside of the government kickstart scheme because oh, really because yeah, the government or well, the government yeah the government covers that but i would want to but then it's a it's a tough one where like you're not necessarily paying yourself mm-hmm. but you might be paying someone, someone else's else. salary yeah. and it's hard to know when do you take on the first paid hire mm-hmm. it's such a hard it consideration hard. I, it pay it's a lot of money as well because we worked so when i background so the thing i would say the hardest thing about running your own mm. business is i would agree with you is finances i'm so awful like you know my natural thing is food and that's what i'm interested in and that's what i want to do so i don't care about finances like i really don't care about my accounts i don't care about that i don't care about my receipts yeah <laughs> like, i don't care do you know what i mean yeah I don't, I don't care about any of these things yeah um but luckily i've got my dad who does my accounts for me right so he any sort of businessy things I need to do I always just involve him just so I have a second pair of mm. eyes and a second brain um so he was he was helping me because I applied to the Kickstarter scheme which the government said no to me for don't know why but I'm going to reapply and <laughs> um, so yeah we were we were looking at that together and we were like oh, okay let's figure out um if we'll be able to afford to pay the person yeah. after this is it six months yeah after yeah. the six months is up because the likelihood is if I've got someone to help me that means that my production rate will increase so 
I probably need to keep yeah, that yeah, person. Yeah. And obviously after the six months is up, they're not going to be paid. And I don't really, and also you don't really want to pay the minimum wage either. You want to be a bit nicer than that. So we worked it out and it was like a massive amount of money. And I'm like, I'm not paying myself anything. I know. So I'm not going to be giving you anything. Do you know what I mean? It's just really, yeah. it's hard to like, how do you rationalise that in your head? I don't know. It's difficult. It is so hard. Are you going to start setting aside like some money to take as a wage yourself, do you think? So I'm, I'm the, the, you know, the PAYE thing. Yeah. This is, I find this so difficult to talk about. Like, I feel like if people are listening to this as new business starters, they're like, probably going to find this so unhelpful because it's just like, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so PAYE is basically the thing that means that you can pay yourself and other people. Yeah. Right? Okay. So I've, my dad, I, me, lol, no, I haven't. My dad has set it up for me <laughs> and has, we, has spoken to his accountant about it. And I think I can pay myself £500 a month. That's good. Yeah. But I haven't yet because, like I said, I don't, I, everything, nothing's open, first of all. I know things have started to open now, but I haven't needed to pay myself. Yeah. Like, I'm not buying anything I'm not going anywhere yeah. all the money I'm spending at the moment is on the business so I just use the business account so it's fine are you planning to still stay at home for a while do you oh I haven't got a choice yeah. I don't want to but I really don't have a choice because yeah. like I've worked out renting wise what it would probably be on top of how much I pay for the unit it's just I know because I really I'm, I'm staying at home but I'd really like to move out with my boyfriend yeah and it's so difficult to know that I could have done it so easily <sighs> at any other point so in my awful. life yeah and now I actually want to and I can't mm-hmm. and it's really frustrating but yeah. you just gotta like just, every day I'm just thinking okay I'm just trying to be patient yeah. and like one day it will happen it is, it is really hard it's, do you ever feel do you feel pressure being so like you're 29 right yeah do you feel pressure by the big 3-0 Oh, I go back and forth about it. <laughs> like, no, like, no, not really. No. <laughs> I'm in I denial. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm okay, fine. like, in, uh, it's so hard. Like, no, because he's 30. He just recently, kind of recently, not that recently, but anyway, he's 30. And I've seen another friend of 30, and I'm like, okay, it's not that big a deal, whatever. It's the same. Like, yeah, it's, it's the same. same. It is the same. Um, but then on the flip side, I've just started, I don't know, like subconsciously, I've just started thinking a bit more of like, oh, like, what am I going to be doing with my life over the next three years? And um, am I going to want to like settle down mm. eventually? Like if I, you know, if I can't even move in mm. to a flat now and it's going to be a few years down the line, mm. I'm going to be like maybe in my mid thirties. And mm. then it's just, it just delays everything. Mm-hmm. And it is hard and when I see other female founders who have like scaled their business, like I've seen Livia's from, well, Livia from Livia's, um, yeah. she, she just announced actually that she's pregnant and um, has got married. Um, and that's amazing that she's been able to do that whilst she also like raised 2 million, I think, in a crowdfunding campaign kind of just only recently. And so she's scaling her business really um, quickly and I guess proving that you can kind of balance both, yeah. which is great to see but it's really not an ideal time to be scaling a business because you're going to have to put your all into it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough one. Um, mm. People often, if they do scale a business, they'll maybe look to sell it in seven or 10 years time. Yeah. And by that point, I'll be in my late thirties. Um, I just can't, I, I don't know. I think a lot about like, what's life going to look like? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's really hard. I feel a bit like having a business and not being able to have the financial freedom. It's kind of like holding me back a bit mm. in, in, in moving forward in life. I think it's such a it's such a difficult it's such a difficult thing because I feel like once you've stepped out of the 
rigmarole is that a word maybe i feel like it is yeah like the routine i don't know or the rat race, maybe. yeah the rat yeah once you stepped out the normal nine to five and you take yeah. you decided okay i'm not i'm not going to be involved in that i'm going to do my own thing all of a sudden all of the the like the reference points in your head that have been set by society suddenly become not achievable not not even not achievable they become a lot harder, harder to reach yeah. like you can't I, I, I was considering when I was leaving my job oh, yeah. maybe I'll be able to buy a small flat in the next year and I, I really was thinking about that and I'd got my hopes set mm-hmm. on that and now it's just completely out the window and I never thought about the fact that you need to be earning a certain amount to get mm-hmm. a mortgage because mm-hmm. they times your earnings by five or yeah. four or whatever. Yeah. And if you're not earning anything and if you're not taking a salary from your business, you know, yeah. uh-huh. how are you ever going to get a mortgage? Yeah, that's actually a really good point for people that are going to start business or trying to start business businesses or whatever. Um, when So yeah, when you get your first mortgage or whatever, when you try and get a mortgage... Mm you need as if you're if you're in a if you're a business or a self-employed person or a freelancer or whatever you need three years worth of accounts yes yeah, three order. whole years and showing that you've paid yourself however much for three whole years and then they'll times that average amount exactly. by four or five so it's near on impossible actually impossible. <laughs> if you're if you're a startup i would say i don't know though i don't know how flexible they are because the thing is like does my business not count as my I don't know what the deal is like yeah is that not my asset because I am the only person they might look at the revenue you're taking and that might be something Um, but when you're in the early stages of business it's going to be smaller smaller anyway yeah so it's really tough have you (laughs) considered about that over the next few years or what you want to do Um, so it's it's actually such a hard question so for me the unit the lease is up in three years I purposely got a a short lease because I really wasn't sure I wasn't is it a sure. Three year contract. Though? Yeah. That's quite long. No, uh, for a business. Not in a business. Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a six month rolling. Oh, no, 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 no. Like a flat. So, no, no, no. So, oh. most commercial, like most people in here are like five, ten years. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of people I spoke, because I initially, my dad was, when I was looking at places, mm. my dad was like, oh, like, we, we want like an exit uh, clause yeah, uh, yeah. after a year or yeah. six months or whatever. And everyone was like, absolutely not. Commercial properties centered be. Oh this God. is how this is how much it is, and this is what you're. This is what it, this is what the deal is. Full stop. So this is three years. So I conveniently have given myself the perfect avenue for a midlife crisis because it, it ends on my thirtieth oh birthday. Oh my God! <laughs> the timing. Yeah, literally. So I'm like, I feel like I've set this up in order for me to have a midlife crisis. But anyway, um, I think in my head I've kind of very loosely got this idea that I want a family, not. a not by then but like uh, that's my starting point yeah yeah so i don't know what's going to happen in three years how big the business is going to get hopefully big yeah but i've kind of come to terms in my head or i think in my head that it will have to take a hiatus then because the unit yes will be up and that's also when i'm going to want to do those other things but obviously i don't know how life works like that's it's kind of silly for me to think like that but i do know as much as i'm an independent woman (laughs) (laughs) um i I know I really want a family. Yeah, really same, want, same. I want those other things. I know, I know. And I feel like I often weigh this up in my head. I'm like, you know, I would. Okay, I, I, I set them as opposites, which I know is not always the the best thing to do. But I think to myself, if I have a business, I'm a really successful businesswoman, and didn't have any of those fam, didn't have a family, didn't have that thing, would I be happy? The answer is no. Mm. But if I had a family, yeah, and all of that sort of stuff, but what my business wasn't successful or was less successful would I be happy and I think the answer is more likely to be yes that way around than than 
Yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? yeah. I know what like, you mean. Because you can always maybe like revive it after right. you have family. Yeah, exactly. And I just think if I was to put them in a priority list the family comes before the yeah. business. I, I really wouldn't want Just to get to a point. Family I've got <laughs> I'm sure it will happen though, but like I would hate to get to a point where I'm in my late thirties and it's too late and, yeah. and you've let the time pass. Yeah, exactly. And you can't have a family anymore. I think it's really unfair for women that we even have to have this discussion. I know. I just I know. think it's totally unfair. Cause, and I think that's also, I, I've had this conversation so many times, but I also believe that is why men are more immature than women yeah. because they have a lot more time to like they do, to mess around yeah. and do whatever they want to do and take make stupid decisions and you know whatever 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 they want yeah and then start a family and then, in their 40s and, if they want it, 50s yeah so. exactly there is no there's no biological clock on you i have mm. one like i and, I, and i'm very conscious of it which yeah. is weird for me to even say because i don't think up until like 25 26 20, even 26 i'd say yeah no, I wasn't even slightly conscious of it. I'm no. just like, whatever, fine. I know, me Where, neither. Whereas now it's like the thing that's on my shoulder. I know. I was never thinking about it before, and I think it's all—it's all come to a point because I don't necessarily have like the financial freedom I used to have, and I and I now my dream of having a flat has like been, been crushed. <laughs> yeah, crushed. And then <laughs> like crushed, and I moved back home after living in like in rented flats for like five years mm-hmm. so it, I kind of feel like I'm stepping back in a way in my personal life yes that's how I feel but exactly. but, but then you know everyone's like oh you're doing so well mm. like it's amazing um, and like yeah like I guess we are doing well in a sense but um, it's, it is very uncertain and confusing mm-hmm. what the next five years is going to look like and those five years are going to be important five years exactly from a biological perspective as well yeah I think yeah it's very hard isn't it and I do think as well that it's such a transitional period in our lives in yeah. terms of like, um, like personal side, like personal life and stuff. This is the time where like you have half your friends doing weddings yeah. and kids, and the other half doing biz- like doing their whatever their yeah. career is. And it's like, well, what, what, where, where do I fit in this? I don't even, know, I don't even know where I fit in this. And then it just think, I don't know. I feel like you spend your twenties having fun, mm. and then all of a sudden everything becomes. A rush. It does. Like yeah. out of nowhere, everything's yeah. a rush. You have to, you have to move out. You have to get married. You have to have a kid. Whatever you know, yeah. you have kids. Yeah, you do yeah. those other things. You have to be successful. You have to have done this, and it's just like whoa. Like I can't even breathe right now. It's too much. Too soon. Too quickly. And you need to have the financial resources as well to start a family. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. I'm so, like, I'll just have a kid and not pay for it. It's fine. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And my boyfriend's freelance as well, oh, which wow. makes it really hard. Yeah. Like both on both on like a crazy roller coaster mm. um, income wise. So. Yeah. <sighs> Watch his face. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I think that I'd say I'd totally agree with you that that aspect of running your own business is definitely the hardest thing. Yes. Um, do you have like any things that have happened in your like any specifically awful experiences you've had? Not maybe not awful is a strong word, but you know, bad things that have happened running a business. Um like day to day there's like bad things that happen all the time <laughs> like, like literally every, like every day um nothing like super 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 like catastrophic but like often i'll like run out of like a major thing like i just won't have any jars um or like somehow i've miscalculated it and i'm like a, like 100 jars short and the like delivery is like two weeks late or something and oh, it's so hard just deliveries are just all over the place and you realize that you've got to rely on third parties when you have a business yeah so much and 
sometimes it's just like so 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 late mm -hmm. um people have sent me the wrong um boxes the wrong jars like countless times and oh, then you really? have to like reorder them and reorder yeah, them yeah, yeah. so anyway that's like hard career delays are like the bane of my life I hate, oh my god it's, how many complaints do you get about late things I yeah can't it's really bad and sometimes things go to waste like i had one just the other day where not not the other day like yesterday where um it just delivered and yeah she wasn't in but then they brought it back to depot and it's just been sitting there the whole time and now I'm gonna have to like make it again and yeah. maybe I have to even deliver it myself because ugh, I just don't know if I can rely on them so yeah that's really hard mm. um only the other day I had um <laughs> a t I'd like built this tower of oatly milk in the kitchen after I got a delivery of um like hundreds of bottles of oatly I'd like stack them up thinking I was really clever in my kitchen to like save space and then um I, <laughs> I have a shower downstairs and I'd like done some exercise um gone to have a shower was like putting my washing in the washing machine and then like while I was doing that behind me like this towel started exploding mm. on the floor and I was only in a towel and then <laughs> it was so bad my mum had to come in and I was like ah, I don't know what to do <laughs> I was basically like naked did, in the kitchen did all the milk spill like yeah the, the, it was really yeah so I lost quite a lot of oatly milk and I'm so no. upset about it um to be fair, I should have put them. I should have put them on their side or whatever. I was like yeah, putting yeah. them upright, which is stupid. <laughs> making like this like ten story tower of Oli. So that, was, that that wasn't like a, a low point, but it was just like a ridiculous moment from the other day. <laughs> um, oh, no, I hate stuff like that. It's so annoying. Yeah, um, I just think, oh, really? If you just made that decision slightly differently, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aside aside from that, fortunately, like nothing's been too bad. Mm. Have you had any major bad points? Um, I think the worst, the hardest thing for me is dealing with other people. I just. I hate dealing with other people. So mm. one of I had a client that I was doing wholesale for, and she owns like a chain of cafes. I will not name names, but yeah. she owns a chain of cafe cafes, um, and she was my biggest um, income source of income. She was mm. paying me like a. She was basically covering my rent for the kitchen, wow. which was ideal at the time. And then out of nowhere, decided to cut me off and give me no notice or explanation as to why she didn't want to supply my products anymore. Oh, no. So that was what? probably the worst experience that I'd had. Um, and admit, but I will say every cloud has a silver lining because as much as I was like, oh my god, what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah. Because I'd, at that time, I'd literally just moved into the kitchen, and. In my head, I was like gonna have like a nice bit of like comfort period of maybe a month where I didn't have to worry about getting new customers because I knew that my rent, at least my rent was covered. But then yeah. obviously she just took it away without yeah. explanation, which is such bad business etiquette. I cannot tell you like that's just not what you do to supply small suppliers especially. It was such a large chunk of my income to give yeah. me no notice. Just wasn't really out. And she was a woman. Just saying. But anyway. Mm. <laughs> So I, well, the silver lining to that was that it really gave me a kick up the bum to like get my graft on and you know make the most of the situation. Like I, I've just moved into this kitchen. I can't afford to spend any time sitting on my laurels. Yeah. Um, so I straight away made a batch of brownies, individually wrapped them, stapled my business cards to them and went around all the local area giving out my business cards and like a little sample so people would know about me mm. um, to try and get some new customers and it worked I mean I went to hundreds and hundreds of places and only wow. maybe like three or four people got back to me but that was enough Still, yeah it's really enough good. so gave me and, that push. yeah it gave me the push to do it and also like everything happens for a reason I made up I made up that order and more so amazing yeah well done. so it's fine it's fine now no need to worry and I and it only took and it only took me two weeks as well so that's awesome that's yeah really, really good 
so that's probably my worst experience but like I said it, it was also probably the best thing to happen because it made me do extra work which was it made me work harder yeah <laughs> which is good I think similarly like when lockdown kind of kicked in I was just before that doing um only London orders yeah and then myself and then I think when I knew I couldn't necessarily do that anymore um it just it just made me go find a courier like ASAP mm-hmm. so that I could start sending them out UK wide and then that's when things really really picked up because people yeah. could order them from order, anywhere yeah. so in a way yeah I think it, yeah it, it, things it, happen exactly exactly yeah, yeah, the other thing that annoys me as well is I use Royal Mail for my postal deliveries and they never deliver on time. So I get... Yeah. I get constantly messages <laughs> I know, from people I know. telling me that they haven't had things arrive and it's just like... It's, it's, it's not their so fault, it's not my fault. But obviously no. it is my fault because I'm the person that's... I know. ...meant to be sorting it out. It's just, just like, so annoying because you've worked so hard anything. to like get it up to that point and then like the delivery's been let down and then it, yeah. it, may, it may ruin, like yeah. in my case. and also that's your brand as yeah. well that's like being jeopardised by this mistake of somebody else or like the, the shortcomings of someone else. I just hate that. And the worst thing about it is like, I can't do anything. Like, yeah. people are like, where are my brownies? I don't know. I know. I don't know where they are. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish on, I knew. They're on route, but I don't know where they are. Yeah. It's so sad. So that's, that's really hard, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... just after. Oh, yeah, the other thing I was going to say, um, which I found quite difficult, was I... The transition of making my hobby my job. Mm. Because... I don't have a hobby now. Yeah, yeah, I completely relate. So it's like, I spent, well, I used to really love cooking and I used to love making dinner for my like family and friends and, you know, doing those sort of things. I hate it now. I don't want to do it. I know, I know. Because the time in the, the time in the kitchen that I have, it doesn't end up necessarily being like the most fun or no. exciting bit. It feels like more of a like chore. Like, you know, you have to yeah, do it to, to run the it. business. Exactly. And it does take that enjoyment out. Yeah. I completely agree. So I'm like, the other day my sister was like, what hobbies do you have? I was like, I don't know. I know. And you, like, we don't have time to have hobbies. <laughs> no. My hobby is my accounts. Yeah. <laughs> That's my God. hobby. That's what I do in my spare time. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. Um, but more positively, the most rewarding thing, I think, for me mm. is being able to structure my life how I want to structure it. Yeah. I am not really a fan of the whole nine to five thing. No. I, if, even though I do tend to work nine to six, but that's just <laughs> because of how life is. Yeah. But I, it, it also means that if I don't get stuff done, like, for example, today, we're sitting in a kitchen, with a, which is a complete tip. I'm really sorry, Lauren. <laughs> it doesn't look too bad to me. It's very messy. I've got so much just stuff everywhere and, like, cakes everywhere. And it means that even though I'm gonna go, I'm going. I've actually got. I'm going out after this because things are open. Woo! Yeah. I can come back here and finish it off afterwards because this is my business. I have the keys. I can come in when I want. I can leave when I want. It just makes my life easier. Mm. I think in that sense, that's probably one of the most rewarding things for me. I don't know about you. Yeah. No. I'm definitely the same. Um, I didn't really do well in the kind of. Yeah, just like boxed in, time structured office nine to five. Yeah. I just really didn't like it, and now I can like have the morning to like do what I want, mm. and like I normally will do exercise and like take a walk before my day starts, and then like get onto things slightly later than I would have before. But I can work a bit later into the evening. Yeah, um, exactly. It's just so nice. It is it's nice. It's so so nice. Um, and yeah, I think I'm also just like really excited about just the possibility of where this venture could go and I've always thought I'd love to be 
one of the leading plant-based breakfast brands in the UK and I'd love to see my products in stores and so that excitement I guess is what keeps me going yeah 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 you didn't you recently win something I okay so I think <laughs> I think what you're thinking of is um female startup of the year maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so I reached the finals um the final three of I think 355 applicants to enterprise nations so female good. startup of the year yeah so it was really cool. I think there were like that many applicants and then 10 were selected. Yeah. And then it went from 10 to 3 and 10 to 3 was based on public votes, mm. which is amazing That's to so get good. to the 3. Yeah. And then got to pitch to a bunch of... Um, pitch? Oh my goodness. Yeah. But it was virtual, so oh, okay. it was a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But less, still a really less. great experience um, in front of like various people across different industries. Mm. And um, it, like all the women were so amazing. And I think it was really hard for them to decide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ended up... Um, yeah, being a finalist in oh, that, which amazing. is really, really lovely. And um, Enterprise Nation has been really supportive so far. So I'd recommend anyone who's starting a business to check out their events and, um, yeah, conferences and stuff. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, d- I think that was probably the highlight. And then I was recently featured in The Sun newspaper mm. and Metro, which is which is amazing. And they put my picture, like, in it quite big, like, surprisingly. <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, like, you, you just, I didn't expect that, to be honest. Like, I sent yeah. a picture... Like included, um, but yeah, that was that was just really cool. That's it nice. was like a piece about female entrepreneurship and stuff. Oh, so yeah, that that's was good. Really cool. That's really cool. Love that. Mm. Love that for you. Um, I think for me, you? yeah, I think for me was probably the day that I got my keys to the kitchen. Yeah, I was just like, oh my goodness, I've done this all by myself, and I've managed to like actually make a business out of something in lockdown as well, yeah. which I thought was. I feel it's like amazing. yeah I felt, I felt lucky and all, but also like wow like I've actually worked hard mm, for this mm. and I've worked hard and I haven't like you know I'm not bored of it which I think is sounds a bit silly but I don't I'd hate for my I'd hate to get to a place where I'm like I don't want to do this anymore after putting so much effort into yeah. it and I'm like oh, I just can't be bothered whereas I felt like I'd put in loads and loads of effort and done a lot of work and I was still I'm still ready and raring to go. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so really, really great. That's probably my proudest moment. Getting the keys. I gave the walls a little stroke when I came in. Oh. <laughs> it looks really impressive. I it's cute, say. isn't it? It's it cute. is. It's a really nice, nice building. Um, really nice kitchen. <laughs> when it's clean, anyway. Um, do you have any advice uh, to anyone thinking about quitting their nine to five? Um, I would say, like as I mentioned before like think twice about leaving the job completely and not having any salary so try and prove the concept first if you can do a side hustle yeah 100% (laughs) like don't take what I've done and think you should do the same (laughs) don't just leave your job and then like start the next day yeah Um, if I had had a job that was less stressful that gave me more personal time then I definitely would have tried to prove the concept first and get more sales before I left Um, and maybe maybe go to food markets maybe set up an online store and just try and get your first sales, even if that's just through Instagram, um, posting pictures, just try and get interest Um, and try and learn from others who've done it. Mm. So I'd say listen to a bunch of business podcasts and interviews with people who have kind of walked the same path, join communities of other early stage founders and... You're very good for I'm rubbish at stuff like that. I'm so like, I'm just doing my own thing. Yeah. I think it's much, it is good advice to like, surround yourself with people doing similar stuff to you yeah I think so I think so supportive yeah 
yeah, I don't know if I necessarily went deliberately went out of my way to do it, but I think maybe just naturally I just mm. wanted some like company and yeah, yeah, yeah. friends and connections that were in a similar position. So yeah. um, I definitely recommend those things. Yeah. How about you? I think mine is definitely don't sleep on social media. I, it's just free marketing. It's the easiest mm. form of you know getting thing, getting your products out there, and you have total control over it, yeah. and it's free. So yeah. that's probably I'd say that's my biggest piece of advice. And then also. Um, be nice to everyone probably my biggest thing is just you know talk to people instagram's really good for that i think getting slide into those dms yeah definitely and linkedin as well i'd yeah, say linkedin yeah it's a great too. place to connect with people definitely definitely um so we'll finish off with what are your aspirations for otsu um so I've mentioned wanting to become the leading plant-based breakfast brand. That's like the long, long, long-term yeah, aspiration yeah, yeah. when I get the products into retail. Um, but at the moment, the focus is growing our online store, oatsy.co.uk. It's like growing that side <laughs> of the business. Little plug. <laughs> get your overnight now. Um, but yeah, growing that part of the business, Defo, is my focus. And then um, working with a manufacturer to progress the plans to get them into retail. Um, so yeah, kind of focusing on two areas simultaneously um, and I'm also looking to develop uh, a new product so I was going to uh, say have you got any new products yeah you so gonna... like an overnight oat mix that's mm. that you can like Do add yourself. your own milk to and yeah. yeah it'll be amazing to have in the store cupboard when you feel like making overnight oats and you can make them anytime yeah, anywhere yeah. Um, that's what I'm developing at the moment um, alongside the ready to eat overnight oat pots great that's yeah. good what are your aspirations for your I don't business? know I knew you were going to say that <laughs> and I just don't know I actually don't have an answer um, I don't know I'm so overwhelmed by so much stuff at the moment. Yeah. I'm just a bit like, I'm just happy. It's with like being... going from one thing to the next, yeah. like being reactive, right? Yeah, so I think because I've just done, because I feel like you're on a cusp of a big change, you're mm. ready to like move into the next. I think I'm just past that because like me getting the kitchen, that was my big thing. Yeah. So I think I'm, what I'm trying to do at the moment in all aspects of my life is just be present and enjoy the fact that I've done this thing that's really impressive. And yes, I'm like, you know, short term, short term goals wise, I, I want more, more clients, more wholesale orders. I want to appear at more markets, all mm. of that sort of stuff. I want the podcast to be more successful and, you know, yeah. all that sort of thing. They're all works in progress. That I'm already trying to do anyway, in terms of like long term aspiration goals. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've always said I want to be the next Nigella. Like I like, oh. yeah, like I like talking to people yeah. and I like being the centre of attention it sounds so ridiculous no 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 but yeah I'm the type of person that likes that yeah side of it so it's fun though like yeah and I think it's nice when brands have a face behind it and, yeah. and people connect with that definitely 100% 100% so I think I'm just going to try and work on becoming more of a brand in that sense rather a personal than brand. yeah more of a personal yeah. brand rather than just a bakery that has a you know supplies a few people I want to be more like no this is the person that does this thing yeah you know I, mean? I find that such a uh it's a question I always think about about how much of myself to put on my page yeah um, because it's a product-based business mm-hmm. at the end of the day but everyone says like oh I love when you put your face there people and, like, love it. and like I can see you on stories and mm-hmm. what you're up to people love it but yeah. I feel like I'm being a bit OTT with 50% of the pictures just being of me. Yeah, I don't, so, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I so feel like, for my, I put all, I always do stories, always do talking stories, yeah. because people love it. Yeah. Um, but then on my actual feed, it's just like the products and stuff. Okay. But occasionally, I I might occasionally post something of myself, but whatever. But mm. it, it is a hard one. But then it's weird, because I think, when you're growing your brand, and obviously, like, the more followers you get, people mm. nowadays look at Instagram and social media as like, 
you know you have influencers these days so the more followers you get the more influence so-called you yeah, have yeah, yeah. and like people are interested it's weird people are interested i think yeah even though i say i'm not sure if i should put more of myself when i'm looking at it from an outsider perspective that you're brown like i would like yeah to exactly more of you, so exactly i think i think just do it I think you i think you do it too <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that's kind of the last question i've got for you but before we disappear i'm gonna do a little quick fire round of questions okay um okay so quick fire round it's only five questions so okay. don't don't stress <laughs> uh first of all what have you had for breakfast oh because today was a overnight oat prep day so it would have been more fancy usually but it was just leftover overnight oats but i guess it's not it's not the end of the world it What's could your, be worse yeah okay this is not a part of the question part of the quick fire round i never do quick fire round <laughs> Um, what's your favourite flavour? What's your what's the best? What's the favourite flavour that you, you sell? Definitely banana biscoff. I would say that's okay. like the number one. But yeah. I'm bringing out a new one, which is I don't know if I should say it. It's like a berry one, and it's amazing. Like okay. it's so amazing. So that's probably my favourite when it comes out. Okay, cool. Um, first place you're eating at post lockdown. Oh my god, so many places. Just. I just really want to actually sit down with like a coffee. Like I, I just love, 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 love my coffee, and mm. I just want to sit in a place and like just work on my laptop because I'm just sick of like working from home to be honest. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, just yeah, a plant-based eatery somewhere. <laughs> I haven't got one in mind, but I'll be I'll be like checking out places. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what's on your playlist in the kitchen? If you listen to anything in the kitchen. Oh my god, it's it's usually podcasts to be honest. Mm. Um, like, yeah, music's great, but I end up just putting on the same Spotify playlist and yeah. ends up playing the same 20 songs <laughs> that I've collected yeah. over the last few months. Um, yeah. So probably podcasts, business podcasts. Yeah. So the next question actually is any good resources that have helped you? Um, so some of my favourite podcasts that I'd say they've been the most helpful because I can actually hear the story and the journey of people who are a bit ahead of me are um, Plant-Based Business Podcast by the Founders of Evolution. Mm. I really like that one. Um Brand Growth Heroes by a lady called Fiona Fitzpatrick. Um, that's focused on like food and really inspiring. Secret Leaders um, by a guy called Dan Murray Serta, who's the founder of Heights. Um, yeah, that's a really great one. Young People Doing Things is another one that I really like. I have so many. So I have so many. many. It's good that so I don't know any of these. Um, like, yes, okay. Yeah. Taking notes. Um, that one, yeah, Young People Doing Things. These are all ones where they just basically interview like founders, um, so quite similar. And then one called Pitch Deck, which I really like, where um, people like actually pitch for investment and there are like investors there. Oh, that's and they like, like Dragon's Den. Yeah, kind of, kind of. And I don't know if it actually goes through to deals, but at least they give them really detailed feedback on it. Um, and I was on a podcast recently called Millennial Entrepreneur, which I think is really cool. Um, mm. I think people up to like their mid-twenties or a bit older who are like just doing cool things. Yeah. Um, so those are my favourite podcasts. And then a couple of books that I really enjoyed are, there's one by the founders of Brewdog, um, oh, yeah. which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, more, they give like kind of really straight up advice on how they've grown. And then there was a book called The Idea in You that I read just as I was leaving my job that um, just kind of helped me yeah make some plans and structure my thoughts and like follow follow the dream that i had oh that's good but yeah like i like that um and then the last question favorite female entrepreneur probably the 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 couple that like come to mind first that i probably look up to the most are i've mentioned livia from livia's kitchen um and yeah she's just so inspiring and has grown to a big team now um with her sax business um and then uh, probably Pippa Murray from Pippa Nuts. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And she was mentored by Fleur, who runs Real Work. Oh, okay. And, but in the early days, and then just from there, has like 
grown so much and I think she has a team of like 20 or so now um, and has her products across all yeah UK retailers mm. um, she's probably a couple, maybe a couple of years older than me or so so definitely look up to her yeah yeah thank you for coming on episode six of Eat With Amy yeah, do you want to sign out and like you know plug your Instagram and stuff yeah very happy to no, thanks so much for having me it was That's really great. really great to catch up um, but yeah so if you want to try some overnight oats <laughs> sounds so cheesy but yeah if you did want to get a bundle of breakfast delivered to your door then feel free to check us out on our online store it's oatsu.co.uk that's o-a-t-s-u.co.uk and on instagram i am oatsu underscore um, and I'm going to make a discount code actually for Ooh. anyone listening. So yes, it will it. be Eat by Amy 15. Oh my God. For 15% yes, off. Finally got my own name in a discount code. I love it. That's so simple. So <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We're done.